Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Are expensive base layers worth paying for? I could give you a one-word answer, but there's a lot more to it than that. Hey, and welcome to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide, the podcast and YouTube channel, helping new hunters get started and bringing new insights to all hunters. I'm your host, George Kanitas, and I am just a regular hunter who just so happens to have a PhD and a low tolerance for marketing hype, here to try to help people figure out what really works to get started and get better at hunting. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. We are talking about base layers, specifically expensive base layers are these fancy and expensive base layers worth the money are they worth paying for all right this is an important episode there are answers here for people in different places of their hunting journey whether you're new intermediate or advanced i think this information is going to be helpful for you and this episode is sponsored and brought to you guys by my research partners on patreon really appreciate everybody who chips in to help make the podcast and the youtube channel possible you guys are awesome and if you're a long time listener i don't invite you to to head over to patreon check us out Become a research partner and support this show as we go. You can find links on the website, newhuntersguide.com, and you can just go to Patreon and search for the New Hunters Guide. All right, base layers. So, what do we consider expensive, first of all, right? Let's define some things, all right? we I, th- I think everybody would agree $100 is an expensive base layer, right? That is expensive, all right? Is $75 expensive? I'm going to say yes. Is $50 expensive? Uh, it starts getting blurrier here. What about $25? Is that expensive? So I think we could probably all agree $25 is, per, is not an expensive base layer. $75 is an expensive base layer. 
And somewhere in the middle there is where the shift happens. And so it depends on who you are, where you are, what your budget looks like, how much you spend every year on hunting is going to determine exactly where that threshold is, where you go from cheap to moderate to expensive. And I'm not here to parse that out just to help draw some attention to the fact that this definition is a little bit different for everybody. It depends on where you are. All right, depends on what your income is, what your hunting budget is. There's a lot of variables here. So when I talk about expensive base layers, I'm talking about stuff that's in the $75 plus zone for one garment. All right. Um, when I talk about cheap base layers, I'm basically saying anything that is $25 or less per garment I'm going to put in, well, yeah, because then there's super cheap, which is <laughs> much lower. So then the mid range is pretty much anything in between that 25 and 75 zone. Uh, but I'm not going to talk so much about the mid range, maybe just a little bit here. All right. So we've defined what are we considering an expensive base layer? Next question. How many companies are there that make expensive base layers? Well, there's a few standout companies, a few uh, very visible, obvious companies. Um, and I know more than I will put on this list, but all that's coming to mind right now is you have companies like First Light, Sitka, Cabela's, Icebreaker, Under Armour, and uh, Smart Wool. And I know there's probably another half dozen that are visible high-end base layer makers. Uh, there's certainly more than that, but I'm just talking about the bigger visible ones, the companies that are large enough to put out enough marketing to get inside of my brain at least, and maybe the average hunter's brain if you're tuned into the industry. And so um, when I'm talking about expensive base layers, I'm talking about stuff coming out of these companies. Now, Cabela's, they make stuff across the board. Well, Maybe I should rephrase that. Cabela stuff is basically in the middle to expensive range. The cheap stuff is made by their sub-brands like Redhead, which is a Cabela's brand. That's their lower grade, lower cost, more entry-level brand. And I'll talk maybe a little bit more about that stuff here in a bit. And so you don't have that many companies competing in the expensive bait. Well... You don't have that many companies that are significantly competing in the expensive base layer market. I'm going to say a dozen or less, and I'm going to say probably a half dozen or less ones that are at the top. And so that's not that many players. All right. And then what are these base layers made out of? All right. That's the next question. Why are they so expensive? Well, there's two main approaches for base layers that are in the expensive category. You have synthetics and then you have merino wool. Those are the top two. Now the synthetics, oh my goodness, everybody has their own super duper technology, scent locks, scent shield, gold shield, platinum this or that. Uh, what did I hear? Diamond braided. They, everybody has their own micro grid, micro fleece, micro stuff. 
there's everybody's got their their own proprietary you can't see the air quotes but they're here they have their own proprietary branded super hyped technology and that's really what it is is super hype is there anything to it yes is there that much to it no all right it's a lot of hype all these different companies they got all this different how are you weaving the threads and is it what kind of of synthetic material and all this stuff the hype goes off the charts all a new company needs to do to come in and compete is put a hundred dollar sticker on their long johns and and just come up with fancy marketing word and say you know it's 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 exclusive it's proprietary we invented it patent pending whatever and now you're in the race now what makes those better all right what makes those worth that kind of money because you have cheap base layers and you've got the super cheap base layers right i have been to ollie's and seen the five dollar base layers that they have on sale set whole set for five dollars top and bottom and then i've seen their super expensive six dollars per top and then six dollars per bottom So $12 for the whole set, over double the price of the super cheap ones. And you look at that and you're like, okay, how how is that compare to your $150 Sitka layer? Just the top. What is the difference here between these layers? Is the Sitka base layer really 20 times better than these cheap base layers? Well course it's not 20 times better that is not how this thing works all right but it is better all right so the 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 main things that make the expensive synthetic base layers better one you do have different weaves different kinds of material you also have uh, different coatings you have different things maybe infused into the material in order to make it odor resistant and you have different ways that the threads are made in order to move or channel moisture. Now, that said, a lot of hype, guys. A lot of hype. A lot of these companies, they're coming with super duper camo patterns, proprietary camo. Um, I don't want to call any names because I don't want to make anybody sound bad, but. You know, there a lot of lot of this money comes from the proprietary camouflage pattern that's on them. That said, the high-end ones are gonna have the following benefits over the low-end ones. They're gonna be more comfortable and probably have less chafing. All right, so it's not just comfort from a subjective sense, it's also comfort from the fact that it's not going to chafe, it's not going to leave you rash, it's going to be designed and cut better so that it fits you better. Okay, the $5 long johns are not really designed for the hunter, they're not designed as active wear, they're not cut in the way that fits your legs well for, for high energy movement. They don't have necessarily the, 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 the stretch where you want it. They're just sort of like a one size fits all. 
and that doesn't make a huge difference if you're just sitting in the deer stand after a, a three-minute walk from your car off the side of the road, but season in, season out, moving through the woods, hunting turkeys, jump hunting, still hunting, hunting elk, all the different kinds of hunting you might do makes a huge difference. All right, if you have something on that's designed as active wear, that's designed to move, that's designed to not bind and chafe, that really goes a long way. So a chunk of what you're paying for is better material. It's also better cut, better fit, better form. Uh, it, it's it's the, the what's nice about these is that you're more likely able to order a pair of these off the internet and they fit and work right because they are cut and designed for the hunter as opposed to just the person shoveling snow or the person who's sitting you know at a at a newspaper stand or whatever um, they're designed as high-end activewear they want the right amount of tightness they don't want it too tight they want the right amount of stretch the right amount of give uh, you know, for example, I've tried on some very cheap hunting gear very recently, and I'm not going to call out any brands, but I put the pants on, and I thought, wow, these are these pants are pretty good. They're super cheap, very cheap, soft shell pant. I like them. Put them on. They fit perfectly. You know, they fit right perfect to my waist, perfect length. I thought, hey, this is a great deal on these pants. And then I went to walk. And instantaneously realize whenever I move my leg more than just the most minimal step, they just bound up right around the front of my cat or the front of my thighs. And I, I couldn't I couldn't raise my leg right. I couldn't walk uh, with any speed or across any terrain. They just the cut was terrible. They were not cut. They weren't designed as active wear for a hunter. If I just stood there and did nothing or sat there and did nothing, they'd be fine. But as soon as you go to walk up a hill or climb up a ladder to a tree stand or do anything, they were horrible. And the reason is they had decent material, they had decent construction, but they weren't cut well. They did not, whoever made them, they made them to be cheap. They made them to be one size fits all. They probably grabbed a pants pattern off the rack in whatever country they were making them from that was just a generic, you know, cost nothing pants pattern. And then they put the materials together and just expected that to work. And it just doesn't work well for hunting. It's not made for that. It's not set up for that. It doesn't excel at that. So a chunk of what you're getting is that research, that fine tuning, that fit. That, that, that goes uh, a fairly long way, especially if you're going to be using them, you know, for any significant amount of time or over any significant period of time. So you have better materials, you have better fit, you have better uh, odor management. Almost all of the high-end ones are treated with something to resist odors. All right, and I'm talking about the synthetics. I'll talk about Merino after. They're, they're sprayed, they're treated, they have some sort of active particle, carbon something or other, weave, such and such special fibers, uh, whatever they're calling it, 
There's something that they've been treated with in order to resist odors. Now, that odor-resistant property eventually just wears out and degrades. It might be take a while for that to happen. It ought to if you're paying that kind of money. But eventually, they will start to stink. And what do you do with them once they start to stink? Well, I've got a YouTube video on the way um, that is specifically going to give you guys a how-to on what to do in that scenario when you can't get out the perma-stink, as I call it. I've actually come up with something, and it works really well. That'll be a coming video. Keep your eye out on the YouTube channel. Um, it's Sometimes it's hard for me to coordinate exactly when these things are going to drop. I'm recording this in advance. I'll be recording that in advance. Could already be out there by the time you hear this episode. But keep your eye out. If it's not out, it'll be out in the near future. But they are eventually going to stink. All right, now, your $5 pair from Ollie's is going to stink a lot faster. They're going to have nothing in there for odor management. And that may be fine if you just wear them to sit at a football game in the winter and, uh, you know, try to keep yourself warm. But if you're going to be climbing trees and hiking and mountains and waterfowl hunting, uh, they're going to stink real fast. So you're paying money also for that odor resistance. Of course, yeah, you're paying money for the fancy camo. Whether that matters at all to you or not, to me it means almost nothing because I'm not walking around in my underwear in the woods. That's just not a thing that happens. My long johns do not need to be camouflaged. That's ridiculous. Now, should your top be camouflaged? You know, I've had maybe one time ever in all my hunting lifetime where, you know, I, I went out and it was cool in the morning and I had a couple layers on and by noon it was like 80 and I took off everything down to my my top, whatever you think, you know, whatever you're calling the top base layer, I think it was a quarter zip or something and I was like, okay, well I'm glad this is camo today. But that's been the only time ever, I think, since I started hunting where that ever may could have somehow possibly mattered. And even then, you're usually not getting like a neon pink one. They don't make those. It's going to be black or dark brown or some other color that'll probably work just fine, even if it's not camo. But you pay a little bit of money for the camo or in some of these companies, they do a fancy solid color, right? They've got their own fancy dry earth. Uh, First Light just released a new one this year called Terra, which is a, a, a shade of brown. Now, don't get me wrong. It's a really nice shade of brown. I kind of wish half of my layers that I had were that color, but I'm not going to buy another one just so it's, it's a different shade of brown. But they brand these colors and they, they say, well, that's... That's on the same level as the camo patterns that they've, you know, invested all this whatever into. So the, you've got that piece of it. Now, what are the performance benefits? Well, in general, the more expensive base layers, uh, I'm not going to say they're always warmer. You'd, you'd, you'd like for them to be, right? But here's the thing. You could get really thick, cheap base layers that are really warm. You can get very heavy, cheap base layers. 
Now, usually they're made out of something like cotton or they're some kind of a super thick polyester that feels like a sweater. And are they, are they, can they, can they be equal in warmth to the expensive ones? Yeah, they can be. Um, but usually it's only until you get moist and then they lose that advantage real fast or they're so horribly uncomfortable that you can't really wear them. So what you get is functional warmth with the higher end ones. Okay. Functional warmth. It's. When you start moving, when you start sweating, you start climbing, it just gets hot. You know, you sweat just sitting there motionless. If you don't believe me, get a nylon rain suit and put that thing on. Or excuse me, a PVC rain suit. Put that thing on. No vapor, no liquid comes in or out. It is 100% solid. And even by the end of a cold day, you will be wet from sweating and that sweat going nowhere. And so, um, you know, it, it really matters. I've seen people selling super thick cotton base layers, and I'm just like, that is the single worst thing a hunter could put on their body is a thick cotton base layer. Because cotton loses about 95% of its insulative property as soon as it gets wet, and then when it's that thick, it will never dry. It just won't. You're, you're, you're you're literally almost, you may be putting yourself into a dangerous situation, risking hypothermia or worse, if you're going out into serious conditions. You do not want to do that. I mean, that's part of the difference of what you get. So and then we talk about the merino pieces. Now, merino and synthetics are very different. Merino is a natural fiber. It's the wool from the merino sheep, which is a... Uh, a type of wool that has very fine fibers. Those fine fibers enable it to be knit in a very soft way that is not itchy because you don't have the coarse itchy fibers that most regular wool has. The finer fibers also enable you to knit it tighter. So you can have wool that's the same weight but occupies less volume. And so you can have a heavy duty merino wool base layer that gives you the exact weight and warmth of a sweater, but it's the thickness that's that's necessary for a base layer. So you get more wool warmth in less package. Also, those shorter fibers, they move moisture away from your body and evaporate it better and faster than traditional wool, which captures those fiber or captures the moisture in those coarse spread out fibers and and it and it doesn't dry as fast. So the merino wool gives you more warmth for the size. It gives you uh it's more comfort, it's softer, it dries faster, and merino wool is as all wool is naturally antimicrobial and odor resistant. So it does not develop the perma stink that the synthetic base layers de- develop. Um, now, this is not a merino versus synthetics argument. That may be a different podcast or video in the future. And I do have some data on that that I could get into, but that's really outside the sphere of what we're talking about right now. And that is, you know, well, I better say something about it since we're on the subject. So, generally speaking, merino versus synthetics, talking about high end synthetics. 
Um, generally speaking, they're comparable. Now, I think, and I have research to back up that opinion, that Merino has advantages over synthetics. And um, there are people that claim that synthetics have advantages over Merino. I have not yet seen or developed any research that, uh, that showcases that, but people believe it adamantly and they fight to the death and will go to the grave, you know, claiming that. And so, fine, great. I don't really care. It's whatever differences there are, they're not big differences. So in terms of what we're talking about today, functionally speaking, Merino and synthetics, they're in the same class, they're in the same category, they're in the same price zone. This is not a one versus the other right now, but it's, it's about that category versus the cheap stuff. So are they better? Absolutely better. Okay, uh, more functional warmth keeps you warm when wet. Um, better suited for active wear, gives you the movement and range of movement that you need, more comfortable. Yeah, probably better color and camo pattern for what it's worth. Um, they're going to have less stink in general, even considering the synthetic ones, because they're going to be treated with something versus the cheap ones. And uh, let's see, what else? Now, sometimes they come with a warranty, which is nice. You know, the $5 pair at Ollie's, I'm sure there's no warranty on those. If your foot goes, pokes right through the side of that first time you put them on, I mean, maybe you could take them back as long as it's been 30 days and you got your receipt. But beyond that, good luck. Uh, so you got a little bit of peace of mind there, but what's that worth paying for? Is that certainly not worth the ticket price? So... Are they better? They're better across the board. All right. They're better in basically every category that we can measure and consider at this juncture. Now, that's not really the question, though. The question wasn't, are they better? The question is, are they worth the money? All right. Now we get into the meat here of the question. Are synthetic or are high end expensive base layers worth the money? Is the $150 base layer better than the, is it worth the money versus the $25 base layer? So generally speaking, my thought on that is yes, but are they worth the money? Yes, but all right. And the, but here is pretty big. They're worth the money. If you have the money, they're worth the money. If that money is not needed for more important pieces of gear or to upgrade more important things. They're worth the money if you're in a position in, in your own life and hunting journey financially where um, you know you, that, that's not an, a ridiculous sum that shouldn't go to some other area of your life that's more important than something like this. They're worth the money if you are at the place in your gear development where that's the lowest hole in the bucket and you're ready for that upgrade. They are not worth the money if you're a new hunter breaking into the sport. Okay, spending $300 on a set of Sitka top and bottoms for base layers is absolutely not a first year purchase you should make. 
you should go with the cheap ones because you need everything. You need boots. You need gloves. You need pants. You need a jacket. You, you need a gun or a bow or something. You need a hat. You need a license. You need tags. You need ammo. You need target practice. You need to find a place to hunt. You need a vehicle. You need everything that you need to get for hunting. And especially if you're talking about something like waterfowl hunting, uh, where you need decoys and a sled and waders and all these other things, calls and on and on and on. You need everything. And so if you need everything, dropping 300 bucks on a set of base layers is not a good decision. That's something that can come down the road once you have built up all the gear that you have and you have all of the bases covered. Right? You have to have your bases covered before you start making hyper-focused, expensive purchases like this. It's just not good sense. Well, I spent $300 on base layers, but I don't have boots. I'm going hunting wearing basketball shoes from high school because that's all I've got. Yeah, that was dumb. Okay, You should have spent $50 on base layers, $100 on boots, and then $150 on all the other things you don't even know that you need yet because you've not yet walked out into the woods to realize that, oh, I need a backpack and a knife and I need a hat and I need uh, to buy this and that and the other thing. Yeah, and oh, I need to pay the butcher to process the deer and you just you, you have to think through the whole process of where you are. Now, if you have a full set of gear, you're like, all right, I'm ready to upgrade, start upgrading things. Do I go for the base layers first? Well, that's, that's not a question I can just simply answer because there are so many variables. All right, now, most important pieces here in a gear setup are going to be probably your outer layer, your base layer, your boots. Those are probably the, 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 the three most important pieces in a regular setup. So if your boots are good and your outer layer is good and your base layer costs $4, then that's probably the next thing that you should upgrade. Now, but it depends so much on so many different things and so many different kinds of hunting have different needs and priorities. So I can't give you guys a scenario for all of that. Um, there's just too many ins and outs to try to, to give an across-the-board recommendation. But are the expensive base layers better? Yes, of course. Are they worth the money that you spend? Yes, but. Now, if you're going to go after cheap base layers, what do you want? Well, number one thing you want is not cotton. All right, you want not cotton and you want something that you can walk in. All right, you want something that's functional. Now, often people go and they get the thinnest base layers you can buy just because they don't even know there's different thicknesses and that's the cheapest one, so they grab that. It depends on the coldness of what you're going after and the type of, of style you're going to be doing. If you're moving a lot, you probably want the thin ones. If you're going to be sitting still a lot, hunting deer, or sitting in a duck blind motionless much of the day, the thicker ones may be better for you because it's going to be warmer. It's going to keep you warmer. 
but you want something that'll dry and that's the right thickness for your level of activity. The more movement and active you are, the thinner is better. The, the, the more sitting and the more warmth you need, thicker is better. And then, of course, time of season plays into that. If you're hunting in September, you probably want something thin versus the heaviest thing you could get in January. Now, the other thing here is this. Should you or were you better off getting multiple types of cheap base layers versus upgrading to an expensive one? So should I get a thin and a thick pair of cheap base layers versus an upgrade? Um, well, that's, that's really actually not a bad idea because what I find most often is that when people need gear or their gear is inadequate, it's not necessarily that their gear is too cheap. It's that they don't have the right kind of gear for what they're doing. So if I went out and, and you know, if I had terrible boots and I'm using hiking boots to hunt deer in January and those boots, you know, there's no insulation in them. They don't stay warm when wet. They're meant to keep your feet dry when moving and hiking. My feet are going to freeze, okay? You're going to be terrible off with those kind of boots. Ask me how I know. I have been there. Didn't know any better at the time until I learned some of these things. And so you could go, and the right thing to do is to get some big, thick, probably waterproof, uh, insulated boots. Now, you could go and buy insulated, waterproof boots for $60, or you could spend 300 uh, And so, you know, you're like, well, my, my feet are really cold. I really need to get the $300 boots. Well, are the 300 going to be better than the 60 Yeah. Are they going to keep you warmer than the 60 Yeah. Is it going to be that much difference, though, between the 60 and the 300 on warmth alone? Probably not. But it would be a huge difference versus you wearing the wrong type of boots. All right, you're wearing hiking boots to do hunting in a stand. You you need the right type of boot. So often people upgrade to expensive stuff because they think that's the only way to get something that'll work. When if they would have just bought something that was in the right category of what they needed, they would have been a lot better off. Um, yeah, the expensive one is probably going to outperform the cheaper one, but if at least you get into the right category, you're going to get the lion's share of the benefits for a lot cheaper. So I think it's better to have a thin and a thick cheap base layer so you can wear the right one for the time of season that you're in versus just one expensive base layer. And it's you know, it's, it's going to be good some of the time, ideal. Other times it's going to be too much or too little. And so I think better to have options for the exact thing you're going to do. For example, if you're hunting and it's really windy and really cold and you don't have a windproof layer, you're going to freeze. That wind is going to go right through you. Now you could go and get a windproof layer. You could get a, a parka from... Uh, you know, new view, or you could get a parka from Rural King for, you know, whatever, 80 bucks, and it can have a windproof barrier. Or you could get a Sitka parka for 500 bucks. 
Well, which one's going to keep you warmer? Well, the Sitka is going to keep you warmer. But your problem wasn't that you needed the warmest coat on planet Earth. Your problem is you needed a windproof layer that was the right gear match for those conditions. So you should have, you would have gotten such benefit from the, the $80 new view coat because it has a windproof barrier and it's insulated, even though it's, it's not as good as the Sitka, it's only $80. And so if you get the right type of gear for what the way in the situation and <clears throat> the conditions that you're in, that is going to make a huge difference without spending a ton of money. So I would say spend another 25 bucks and get yourself a thin and a thick pair and then work those, wear the right thing for the right conditions. And then when you find out which one of those is the weaker link, then you look to upgrade to something expensive down the road. So guys, I hope this episode was helpful for you. If it was, head to iTunes. Please leave a five-star review with comment. Please consider becoming a research partner on Patreon. Until next time, guys, I really appreciate you. God bless you, and go get them in the woods.